the Encelosphere provides a ground for these men to uh, improve their characters and their and their senses and their philosophy. If you just look at the words without the context, it might seem like a sexist a suicide cult, but <laughs> it is not. It, it's 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 a place where people come with the pain, and the pain is like molten steel. Space Media. I'm Nama Cates, and this is Insel. Hello, world. It's me again, broadcasting from a safe house in a burning cityscape somewhere. Apologies for publishing late. The world is on fire, and I'm just sort of drained and a little under the weather. If you couldn't tell by the quality of my voice. Next week, I'm going to revisit the recent events, and specifically the media coverage of them, because we've actually gotten some very thoughtful and surprising pieces on these issues. I'll also be sitting down to talk to the inimitable Mike Crumplar this week, so there is a lot to look forward to. As for what's going on in this country, well, it's tragic, and frightening, and confusing, but dare I say not surprising, I will be addressing it briefly on my other show, Escape Hate, for this week's episode. But this here is Incel, and this today is Apti whose personal journey with inceldom and coming of age is an ocean of pain, growth, and introspection. It's powerful and healing and inspiring. So, let's dive right in. Well, my name is uh, Abdi. It's not my official name, but I'd like to stay anonymous. Uh, so, my name is Abdi. I'm a Dutch Turk. I have a dual citizenship. I live in uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And uh, I'm... That's technically an ex-incel. Okay, and uh, how old are you? Uh, 21. 21? I turned 21 uh, this month, actually. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> um, what day? Uh, 6th of May. Okay, 6th. That's cool. Um, so, first, what made you reach out and want to share your story? Well, to be honest... I've had, I've had mental issues in the past. I could never quite put my finger on it, but it's, it's been, uh, since I was 13, it was fucked up for me, to say the least. How the incel thing comes into play is that when I was about 16, I kind of had this thing that I had to get myself a woman. That was a, time when I had no friends at all. I was very, very psychotic, probably. I lived in Turkey then. Uh-huh. Uh, a bit of a side note. Uh, I lived in Turkey from when I was 13 until I was 18 uh, for high school because, uh, as I say, shortly, I was in a kind of a legal limbo. I lawfully had to go to high school because of the education law, but then all high schools had the right to reject me because I'm autistic and I used to go to a uh, a special education primary school. So my mum told me, son, it's either that you make it here or that you have to go to Turkey. And then I thought to myself, like, well, fuck this place. I, I, I Because I had, I already had very bad experiences with special education, so... What I did was start a fight with the first best guy I could find, and then I had to go to like a special ed class inside of special ed high school. And then <laughs> my mum was like, "Hey, you're going straight to Turkey." And I finished my high school there with a lot of internal hardships, and now I'm here. Okay, and so you've been back for three years, about. Yes. Did you ever live anywhere else? Were you born in, in Turkey but moved to the Netherlands pretty young? Or No, no. no? I was uh, born in the Netherlands. Lived okay. there until I went to high school. I was born a dual citizen. My parents are Turkish. Uh, my grandfather uh, was the first Dutchman that he immigrated because of work. You know, the, the European story mm-hmm. of migrant workers. And you never lived 
in Turkey before, right? Did you go there like over in the holidays or something when you were younger? Yeah, it was basically that we would go there on holidays. And then uh, I had an image of Turkey when uh, when I was a kid, you know, from history books, from what mm-hmm. my dad used to told me. When I eventually went there, and uh, I uh, I ended up in a kind of a bit of a ghetto. Well, it was after cleanup, so then it kind of completely shattered my image. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Uh, uh, before everything else, I would just like to say um, I've also listened to the episode about the incel graveyard. Mm-hmm. I was at work. I had to go to the I had to go to the toilet and shed a few tears. I want to say rest in peace to all the lads. To all the gentlemen that that lost the hardships of the world, yeah, I hope the Lord will have mercy on their souls. So. Yeah, I do too. I think they're mostly innocents, so I don't see why not. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, when I moved back to the Netherlands when I was 18, so I, I kind of had this, I have to get a woman when I was 16. When I was... 17, 18, that turned to an extreme. I also had delusions to say it was just a coping mechanism for my mental issues. If you don't mind, um, what are your mental issues? Just like depression or is there other stuff too? Uh, I used to be depressed and a bit delusional. Um, so when I was back, uh, I had a lot of uh, tension with my parents because we were we were separated for five years. Yeah. And I came back a very different person. I denounced the religion back then. I was like, I have to get a woman, blah, blah, blah. And I was on Reddit a lot because I had just recently, I had just recently learned about Reddit. And I was just constantly on r slash sex and whatnot, just trying to learn because I thought that there was something wrong with me. And I was, I was, constantly trying to see how does the world work how do other people work you know so um then there was one comment that was like you're incel which is it was just a it was a thread on reddit it blew up like four thousand upvotes and then there was one guy who was like mate your incel's over and then i researched uh the incelosphere but the thing was it touched me but consciously, I was denouncing it because I didn't think anything of it. It always stayed in me. And then uh, around March 2018, I became depressed for a few months. And that really hit me. I was consciously denouncing the black pill, but then I just developed the rhetoric on my own in the meantime. Yeah. And then when I finally became a little bit better around New Year's, I refound it out. Would you describe yeah. like your life like in between that time too? You were done with school. I had this thing of like, I had to get myself a woman. I had to live on my own. And I thought back then that I was bisexual for whatever reason. There was also a lot of tension between me and my parents because I was obviously fucked up. But my dad, who is also autistic, he he couldn't deal with it. So he became a bit aggressive. Mm. There was an incident between my little brother and my dad. So social care was already looking over the family. And then I just made something up. Because I really wanted to get away from everything in life. Back then, it didn't feel like I made it up. Back then, it was real. But in hindsight, it was an excuse. I just said, I'm bisexual, my parents don't accept it. And then I went from crisis home to crisis home. Okay. Uh, until August 2018, when I got into a uh, social housing group for, for uh, young people. So for two years, basically, you've been moving in from home to home. Yes, yes. Until uh, until December last year, when I moved back to my parents. Okay, so you live with your parents again now, and I mean, yes. have you repaired the relationship with them? Well, the relationship was actually always good, but the thing was, I was never good. So that's why I moved out. In hi- in in hindsight, I can see with the wisdom I have now, and I moved out because. 
because I it was just fucked up. I needed a lot of time alone. I just had to be alone. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I just had to leave. Now I'm a lot better. I'm just not, I'm not tip-top perfect yet, but I'm over the 90% if you ask me. Well, I'm that's good. Now. Yeah. Would you mind yeah. uh, being a little bit more specific about when you said there was an incident with your dad and your brother? Your brother's younger than you? Yes, yes. Uh, he He's two and a half years younger than me. He's 18 right now. And, uh, well, oh yeah, I'm anonymous. I've yeah. almost forgot that. Um, so there was a thing, like, uh, my dad, uh, in, 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 in Turkish culture, in Eastern culture, Parents beat their children, mm-hmm. but it's, but then, in essence, it's an emergency mechanic. If you cannot explain to your son that I, I'm just saying something, opium is bad, then you just slap him or give him a spanking. Right. And then, of course, cultures have devolved. So, and in these days, uh, in originally in our in our culture, in essence, you don't hit your kids on the head. For those things. But yeah. My dad used to slap us on the head. So one day, my little brother, he was uh, playing on his phone at night in the evening. And my dad said, give your phone fucking aggressive and all that. And my brother said, no. My dad took the phone. My brother said, I'm leaving the house. And it was at around midnight. Mm-hmm. So my dad uh, hit him on the head. Like, he beat him up on the head with a, uh, how do you call that? A shoe, shoe spoon. You know, those oh, shoehorn. Yeah, a shoehorn, a metal shoehorn. So then my brother uh, stabbed him in the in the, pierced his lung with a uh, stiletto knife. Wow! And my brother, yeah, in self-defense, my brother was arrested. He was in prison for two weeks. He was like sixteen, seventeen. Wow! And uh, and in court, he won the battle. It was self-defense, so he got some money from his lawyer. Blah blah blah. Uh-huh. My, my brother, and my dad are very good. It's like oh, it's 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 like always. My dad learns from his mistakes, and my brother has also become a lot better. So yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, that's kind of the backstory of me. Okay. Um, I'd like to also to talk more about your religion and stuff because you said, you mentioned briefly that you left it for a while and you also, when we arranged the interview, talked about how mm-hmm. the faith plays a role in inseldom. And I think that's an interesting topic, an important topic. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'm Muslim. Um, if you want to be politically correct, I'm Sunni Muslim. Mm-hmm. To just give a bit more context, so I live in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I used to live in the east side when I was a kid. And when I was raised there, it was a ghetto. Every week, there was like in our neighborhood, somebody would get arrested mm-hmm. for like you know, a robbery or whatnot. It was not, you know, your American project level ghettos, but yeah. it was a ghetto nonetheless. Yep. So, yeah, the majority were immigrants in our hood. Very few white people. So most people grew up Muslim. But then I'm also probably one of the first generations that had internet in childhood. Mm-hmm. So I think that the effect of, uh, of inceldom on the religious people, on Muslims, Muslim immigrants like me, I don't exactly know how the black pill affects, how the black pill interacts with other Muslims, but Im- Im- European immigrants like me. So you hit puberty, you go to high school. Usually, if you're a bit smarter, you go to a high school outside of the ghetto or the hood. And then there's, of course, a lot of white people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, puberty hit. But you still have the religion yep. from childhood, so you abstain and whatnot. But then you look at the white kids with their girlfriends and whatnot, so... That kind of creates an emotional base. Yes. Uh, for, for things to go either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, well, I studied high school in Turkey, so my experience was a lot different. It was more a mental cope women back then. How and so? Sometimes it still is. Okay. But I believe that because uh, my cousin, uh, he's about 17 right now. He 
He's, he, he is what you call a trick. Do you know what that means? Yes, trick? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he sells, he deals hashish and he's, he's all about women. He, in our Instagram group chat, he'd be sharing nudes of Moroccan. Uh huh. And he's like, man, I want to tap some. <laughs> whenever you tell him, my money over bitches, fam, that, that man don't listen, you know? Yeah. So uh, that is kind of, I think, also because, yeah, them men like him, my, my accent changes when my mood changes. Yeah, you're code switching. When I tell them men like, fam, no, he, 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 he gets that, that meant, you know, that, um, that feeling behind your lungs, the, the, the clouds of mental discomfort. Uh huh. He gets that because he has a shit life. He's not good with his parents, like, like not like not super duper, especially with his dad. So he seeks the comfort in women. He does, and that's why he's a bit of a trick. Mm-hmm. But he's um, he is. I guess he's he's successful with women, or at least he feels like he is now. And he, my cousin, yeah, Elmer, no, he's, okay, and he's he he has a bit of. A, uh, how do you say that? He has a bit of a fuckboy face, if you yeah. say that way. And he he said, he told me that he, he'd done it two times, but it's a lot more of a cope for him. So that's kind of how sexuality plays a role, has an effect on immigrants, uh-huh. um, in uh, on Muslim immigrants in Europe, because you see uh, the black people with their very sexually open culture, you see white people just being all that and then but and they have uh they have the emotional base from childhood you know yeah but then when you're a muslim when you're the arab when you're a turk you don't you you don't have the emotional base from childhood you don't see your parents flirting uh-huh so when puberty hits you either have to learn it very quickly yeah. if you want to interact with those feelings or you don't. Yeah. You cannot. You're autistic like me, or you're you you you're a nerd. And for me, because when I was back here, I I just I just I I just you know, uh, yeah, I was um I was I was always a nerd from childhood. I was a lot of nine gag and four uh, chan in the early days, mm-hmm. but uh, but. I'm I, today. I can. I think I can happily say that I. I'm lucky that I never ever managed to work out how 4chan works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When you're somebody like me, and you have this youth of that, like you have these feelings, you learn how to masturbate, but then you have no clue with women. When you come to a certain age, that becomes. A lot, a lot larger of a state. Yeah, becomes a, becomes a much stronger feeling. Becomes over, overwhelming. You discover the black pill. You hit the cof- you, you hit the nail on the coffin, and then you just incel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of displacement and being in between two different worlds like that causes a lot of conflict in people. I think. Probably Certainly. most conflicts are a, a, a large percentage of them are between who people are and who they feel they're expected to be. And if that's two different things based on your family and your home and your yeah. society and school, then that's, that makes it extra difficult. Um, yeah. so that's yeah. you said that you left the faith for a while but returned to it is that right yeah it well it was technically if i look at it from the from a theological perspective i i never left i was only crazy for a while mm-hmm. mentally ill like legally meant um, uh, uh, how do you say that clinically um, and me- yeah clinically uh, insane <laughs> yeah clinically insane it, uh, Criminally insane uh, in Islamic law. Uh-huh. I was that for a while, and then when my senses kind of came back up a bit, 
I picked up the religion as well. But what's funny is that, like, so you have this religious chant uh, in Arabic, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Mm-hmm. You say that every time before you consume food, before you smoke, technically. You you do, but people don't because they don't like smoking. Yeah. And they don't want to associate that with the Lord. But back when I was consciously denouncing the religion, uh, alcohol, which is illegal in Islam, uh, whenever alcohol went to my mouth, it didn't. But when I whenever I was eating food, automatically. <laughs> so I think it was unconsciously very rooted as well. Yes. My faith was still in my soul. Just not in my back that and crazy mind. Yeah, or in your behaviors. That was approximately when you came back to your faith and moved back in. Was that all around the same time? No, nah, it was a bit of a long process. So mm. When I was in the second homeless shelter, like the one from November to January, I was in this room with a uh, with a crazy Turk. Uh, his his nickname was Boxer, mm-hmm. and he was he was this old boomer, you know. He was he had a good life. He was involved with the mafia, but then he was homeless. That guy, you know, ultra religious boomer, like you know, <laughs> you, you think, um, I think you know what I mean. Like yeah. in America, you got like Jesus. Oh yeah, he was he was that, but the Turkish version. He was like. I told him, no, I'm not Muslim. And he, yelled, he said, bitch, you Muslim. <laughs> Look at you, you're a Turk, you're Muslim. And then that is when the when my heart started sparking actively again. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm actually Muslim. Uh-huh. Yeah, how did I forget that? That's how I found my religion again. And it sounds like it's good for you. Like you were kind of lost without it. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I believe in, 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 I believe in the Lord. I pray five times a day. Uh, my life would not make enough sense without. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's true for a lot of people, I think. But so you described yourself as an ex-incel. You also said that you became aware of it again, of the term and everything, just in January. And you're also a member of Incel Exit, a mod light, which is, because I haven't really introduced it, it's um, it's a a subreddit that was, you know, created in October when brain cells was banned, and it's kind of both incels and non-incels having kind of like a dialectical behavior therapy discussions about the black pill and sort of a way out or an off-ramp. So you're involved with that group extensively enough to be a, a mod light and you're an ex incel so how did you become all those things <laughs> well um so i just left home um and then uh, by just pure faith let's say um there was this uh, i was in my first crisis home the one of two weeks um i met a black woman i'm not going to say a name but she was bipolar. No, no, she was borderline. Oh, big difference. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big difference. She was a borderliner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one day, we're just walking uh, to the supermarket. Out of nowhere, she was like, she opened up a wallet and showed me a condom. I was like, so I've been thinking about this. <laughs> and me, back then, very sex-crazy me, thinking the world is a big, big orgy. I had condoms on me. I was like, yeah, I was already thinking about this as well. I thought like, yeah, let's do this. So I had one personality, which is me, which was very, very repressed. Uh, 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 another personality was a guy named Terence. Mm-hmm. He was from Cyprus. <laughs> was, yeah. And so, and back then I was, uh, I was always Terry. Terry from Cyprus. Okay. So just to give some contact. Multiple personalities with a mental co-women. Uh-huh. And then you finally get a woman. I thought back then that it would fix all of my problems. I would finally become normal again. I thought it confirmed my worldview. Which was what? Uh, what did it confirm? That the whole world was a big orgy. <laughs> okay. And that religious people were not jobs that were oppressed. Uh-huh. And that, so then, 
I became totally Terence because Terence had a consistent worldview that worked out. Mm. So I was Terence at my job. I worked at a bar back then. Mm-hmm. At, at, at a club. I was Terence. I was Terence in daily life. I had, I sex again with, um, the Syrian refugee lady. Mm-hmm. After I left there, I was just thinking like, wherever I go, I just happen to hook up with someone. Mm-hmm. And at the clinic, I didn't. At the homeless shelter, I didn't. Nobody at work wanted to do me. <laughs> so, you know, my personality, Terence, used to just slowly... Fade away. ...started to implode. Uh-huh. Terence, his worldview wasn't real. The world wasn't a big orgy. Mm. Nobody has sex with everyone every day. So it just crashed and crashed and crashed. And then slowly but surely, I myself... Abdi came up, mm-hmm. but Abdi, Abdi was still an incel. He was still inexperienced. Mm-hmm. He still thought that he was of lesser value because he was autistic and because he was a minority. Back then, I was also alcoholic. And then Abdi came up. I quit my job, did another job. I was a delivery boy. Uh, so I made some changes in my life still. Terence would implode and implode, and then around March 2017, attempted suicide in the most psychotic way ever, but then it didn't work. I tried to hang myself with a belt from a coat hanger, Oh God! but it didn't work, and I fainted, and then I was depressed for a few months. Mm. The only positive side of that depression episode was that I quit alcohol, like the addiction was gone, that was yeah. it, but then, and then uh, Terence was dead, but I was Abdi again, but Abdi was an incel. I knew like deep down inside of me that there was a lot more that I didn't know, so I started to trigger my feelings whenever I could, to try to get answers, to fight everything. <laughs> then in the end, yeah, I was Abdi again. Yeah. Oh, and man, these, these feelings are heavy. Ooh. Yeah. Well, they are yeah, the so. heavy events, too. Um, yeah. Were you ever diagnosed with any of this, like, you know... Well, the, the depression was circumstantial, so mm-hmm. it didn't get any uh, diagnoses, because to, to be diagnosed, it has to be... You know, right. Uh, it has to be part of you and yes, part of, of the circumstances. Yes. But I was diagnosed with autism... And sent to the uh, special the special school, primary school. Right. So I'm but not, certainly autistic. Not like bipolar or anything, because some of the alter egos and the hypersexuality yeah. sounds like it could be manic, and then falling into depression. Yeah. You know, also the alcohol and everything. Maybe that was Terry. And yeah, he was, he was somebody else. Yeah. Well, he he was a persona. He was kind of like to yeah. me. It seems like an alter ego or like a shell you put on. Yeah, to, mask. to cope with reality. Yes. Because in Turkey, yeah, to get back to that. Oh, yeah, and um, so I told all that, but the message I want to give from that, uh, I think you still remember Autistic K, the German. Mm-hmm. I, I have a funny story with him. I emailed him after I heard about the episode. I was very curious about his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I had to satiate my... Uh, I had to say to <laughs> my feelings. I was like, what does this guy have to say? But he was like, I deleted my YouTube channel. Oh, um, did he... Then he said, yeah, Arkadash, Arkadash is Turkish for friends. Uh-huh. So he told me, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's already over for an Ottoman cell. And oh. then he sent me a YouTube video of an Ottoman military march. And it was like, I deleted my YouTube channel. But I still remember what Autistic K said. Yeah. That the majority of incels are mental cells. Yes. And that is very, very true. I agree. You may, come on, it's just for someone. To reject you based on your appearance. I'm not talking about nightclub people. <laughs> you have to be Kanye on look steroids to be good for them. Yeah. Someone to reject you just because of your face. You've got to be very, very fucked up. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So he's right. The majority of incels are mental cells. Like meth. Like a meth addict from Illinois. Can <laughs> right. He still has his meth babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was a great example he gave. I think that painted the picture really well. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. 
And also just yeah. your experience being Terry, the fact that being in a different mental state would yield different results in terms of your ability to have sexual partners would suggest that it is a mental thing. I think it mostly is. Incel will continue after a short break from our sponsors. If you're enjoying this episode of Incel, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. This is one of the best ways to help spread the word so that others can discover it as well. Hello, world. I finally did it. I set up a Patreon. It's just my name, www.patreon.com slash and there, newly incentivized and free from the evil eye of leering detractors, I'll be releasing episodes early and ad-free, along with bi-weekly bonus episodes, weekly blog posts, articles, and polls so that I can hear from you. So if you support the show, please consider subscribing at any tier. Can't wait to develop some community outside of Twitter. Patreon.com slash N-A-A-M-A-K-A-T-E-S. Check it out. I want to touch a bit more on the black pill because... Yeah, I'm curious whether you think it is compatible with Islam. Certainly not. Like, right now, I, I, I've, in the meantime, I found out how sexuality works. When Terry did it with the black woman, he instantly fell in love. Mm-hmm. Because the chemicals were released, so yeah. the hormones were ready. And Terry fell in love. And when... He couldn't find her anymore. Terry was fucked up. He was suicidal. And then after that, Terry did it with the Syrian woman. And then the Syrian woman disappeared because Terry had to move to another uh, crisis home, uh-huh. to the clinic. So Terry attempted suicide there again, but didn't go through with it because his life flashed in front of his eyes. So... One day, I was just having an introspection. I was thinking, thinking. I never had a feeling like these feelings for any woman before consummating love. Mm -hmm. But he did after. So what if? I always thought that if you are attracted to someone, you have a boom, boner. Right. I thought that, but it's not like that. You get to know somebody, and once you do it, the hormones are released, and you get the feelings. Yes, definitely. So in... Islam, you have to be married to do anything. And in Turkish schools, you have arranged marriage. I think you know how it works. Arranged marriage. So yeah. instead of date, you're engaged. Someone you know and trust does the matchmaking. Uh-huh. And then you go on dates in public whilst you're engaged. When you eventually marry, you know, you do it and then... The chemicals go and then boom. That is how I think it should be for everyone. Of course, I cannot talk about all incels, white, black. But what I can do is give a bit of a perspective about uh, Muslim immigrants in Europe. It's liberal here. Yes, they're highly sexualized uh, culture too. Yeah, that as well. Not as much as America, but sex as a commodity, as as a joy act. Uh, so, when you're an Arab or a Turk, you see the boys in the hood tapping hoes. <laughs> you see the girls that you grew up with become hoes. <laughs> so, you think that... Oh, yeah, uh, by the way, um, I want to excuse people for all the street language. It's, it's fine. Kind of, it's, it's kind of to represent it. I have to use the vocabulary of, of, of my hood. It's fine that they can handle it. I don't want a lawsuit from a white woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you won't, it won't happen. Freedom of speech. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, when they, and then they try to do it themselves, but then it doesn't work. And then, but they think that marriage, this is a very common trope inside of, uh, Dutch street culture, which is just majority Muslim immigrants and, uh, and black people from the Caribbean mm-hmm. and some Africans. So inside of the Muslim immigrant community, the common thought is that women have degenerated so much that you cannot find yourself a clean woman anymore. Every guy like me with an immigrant background I've, I've seen, I've met ever, listens to hip-hop in yep. the Netherlands. So when that is your worldview, when your art reflects the image that most women have degenerated and that... Mm, 
you have, and then you get a binary worldview. Either you have to be super duper religious and then be lucky, or you just have to be very hard and alpha, and that destroys those boys because mm-hmm. it's not real. And I know that because yeah. there are enough women that are true to the tradition, but you don't see them because they are normal to you. People don't notice normal because mm-hmm. it's already normal. People notice. What is abnormal to them? Mm-hmm. So people notice the yeah. Let's just say people notice the hose, but people don't notice the people do not notice their moms and their aunties and their cousins. Mm-hmm. So in the end, these boys get a very fucked up worldview when it comes to love, and that is technically all right because they can grow out of it when they hit lonely like I did, like like my cousin did. They become fucked up with their perspectives to love. Yeah. And, and, and God protect, they become blackpilled. Mm-hmm. Yep. They become yeah. jaded in one direction or the other, I think. Whether it's, um, whether it's becoming an incel or becoming a fuckboy, I think the end result is jaded and a very unhealthy sort of toxic, Certainly, I certainly believe that because the black pill is actually real. I'm not going to denounce the black pill. Be like a uh, black pill is black pill that because when I've I've worked in 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 you know a cafe in in a club a bar I don't know technically the term the name of the place had cafe in the name so mm-hmm. it was just majority like there was you could count the colored employees with your hand mm-hmm. it was mostly white people and there. You could see from the way people acted, it was just club culture is is pure black pill. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But then the problem is that those subcultures also, yeah, I mean for for Westerners and people that have to that live in Western cultures, it becomes uh, those things also drip off into real life so oh yeah of course for example if a, uh, you have a thing named sexual market value that that mm-hmm. construct construct i, I like that you're calling it that uh, sorry i said i like that you're calling it a construct yeah it's certainly a construct because when i look at my parents i can already see it's bullshit when i look at our <laughs> village in turkey which i have visited so many times I can see it's bullshit, but the thing is, like, the, the, these, this club culture, the, the, this is very much the popular media. Yes. Pushes, pushes it a lot. And Come, so, and, and if popular media pushes something, it becomes, it is mainstream yes. entertainment. And mainstream entertainment gets to the majority of people. It so influences when you are culture. a Westerner, mm-hmm. as someone, Growing up with, with in a place that becomes westernized, like the west of Turkey or Antalya, a large uh-huh. city in Turkey. I understand, and then you are very correct in believing the black pill because the black pill is reality. The only way to find love is to be predestined. Well, or at least it's it's a lot more understandable why people think it. Yeah, and well, I'm talking of course and exaggerating. Yeah, you're being hyperbolic. Um, and I'm a bit overexcited. No, I, I agree. And I, yeah. I think, you know, that's also why the proliferation of the internet and social media yeah. and Instagram and all this stuff has contributed to that too, because. Yeah, it- certainly, certainly. You hit the, you, you hit the nail on the coffin. Uh, sorry for interrupting. Please finish. Oh, no, it's all right. It's just what you were saying. It projects this image of everyone that's very superficial, that's not even real, that's very glamorized and narcissistic. And people yeah. feel like they have to compete with that and live that way. Certainly, certainly. So tell me uh, how you became involved with Incel Exit. So that was about a month ago, maybe two months. I, there were three subreddits that I would lurk on every day at work. One was Turkey Jerky, <laughs> one was Azerbaijan Jerky. Just meme subreddits in their languages. Yeah. And then... Also, incel tears. But then one day, while I was in incel tears, I found out about a meme page called r slash kuma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you know the meme? Yeah. Right? So, 
then after that, uh, after checking the memes, it suddenly got banned by Reddit administrators, and I was like, I'm gonna, uh, like, in the comments, I was just like, we need a Discord server, blah, blah. Then I made a based Discord server. I still have the server, but I don't feel it anymore. After I found out that your based isn't what my uh, heart mind was looking for, uh-huh. I was just looking again, I was searching again. I was just, you know, browsing Reddit, and I found out about the Incel Exit subreddit. Uh, by the way, that is how I found out about your podcast. Um, about a month ago, I found the Intellexit subreddit. Somebody had made a post about your podcast. Then I clicked on it, and I listened to it at work, like, every day. Cool. And I skipped the episodes with professionals. I think you're not the only one who does that. <laughs> yeah, I just I just got to keep it real. You know? Yeah. But then, um, eventually, I joined the Discord server. I talked a lot on there. A few days ago, I think it was this week, there were uh, openings for moderators. So I just said, hey, can I do it? And they were like, man, you're so active. And then I became a mod light. Oh, cool. And then I talked a lot more with people from there. So, uh, but you put, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You were about to say something about my podcast, so of course I did, didn't want to interrupt that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this podcast, uh, for any people that might be new... It is very realistic. It uh, is non-judgmental. It's more, I would say it's more on the side of journalism. It just uh, initiates the conversation and then uh, then the, the reality just shows up naturally on itself. Um, the, the episode with Autistic K, mm. um, he told me like, uh, he, he went, he went C-Max. Southeast Asia Max. Yeah. I got inspired by him because I used Tinder before, no success, when I was Tedby. So I thought I just make proof in Thailand and I was, it actually went good. Yeah. So then my mind was like, whoa, you can be this and that, but in Southeast Asia. So that made me think, okay, it, it is there, but to what to fail to? Yes. What is it worth? What is it even worth? Right. Uh, yeah, nothing really to me. Right. If that would fix my problems, it would fix Terry, but instead Terry imploded. Yes. And he attempted suicide on my damn body. Exactly. To me, Kay was very persuasive when he talked about, you know, experiencing love and touch and things for the first time. And... I think that for some people that probably is very important and that probably would fulfill a big part of it, but it wouldn't complete them or it wouldn't solve all the problems, so to speak. How is Kay doing? I I haven't spoken to him in a while. I I only sent him one email. I don't have any actual uh, contact with him. Okay. I certainly agree with you there. I I cannot disagree. Like, um, you know, the... Uh, uh, the Maslow hierarchy of needs, sex yeah. is on the bottom with food. Yep. So I think that's not just masturbating, but that people need. Yes, that's uh, connection. A confirmation from other people. Yes. Even physical. Yes. But it doesn't solve. Uh, but that doesn't solve all no. the problems. It just solves that, solves that problem and eases problems directly connected with that problem. Yes. So he, I mean, I think that he also said that the, that uh, what happens in Thailand stays in Thailand because if, uh, if you bring her over to Europe, she's going to divorce you. Yes, he did say that. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he said that, yeah. So even if C Maxing did the job, it was only temporary and local. Yeah. So yeah, I just insult stuff. I mean, sometimes my mind, just goes into overdrive and it's like, I'm going to solve this, but you cannot solve it. Uh, you cannot solve life itself. Mm-hmm. That's true. Unfortunately, we cannot solve life itself. Yes. Especially if you got shit life syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Do you find that um, the point of view of many in the encelosphere and the black pill is a little reductive in that you know, people take all their problems, which are multivariate and complex, and kind of whittle it down into one area that simplifies it, that then is like, 
if I solve this, then everything will be better. But well, yeah, it's an oversimplification. Well, it technically is, but then you, of course, you cannot solve a problem because problems are subjective things. You mm-hmm. cannot solve a problem without understanding perspective. Yes. So when you listen to the boys, the lads, the men, or inside of the Encelosphere, you realize that most of them were bullied and sometimes even discriminated, mm-hmm. abused because of their look, their, well, SMV. Yes, or their neurotypicalness so, or not. Yeah, things like that. So, And then uh, most problems that they have in their current life situation stems is has a direct connection with those traumas so in the end you understand why they blame the looks mm-hmm. today i still have some minor problems but i'm very lucky with the help of god and my parents i beat the major issues and i'm just working on getting uh, a, a any sort of life together mm, okay but i was of course very lucky that i managed to get back to my parents but uh, well, that my life worked out. But then when you look at some of the boys there, for example, Frail, yes. he, his life, uh, uh, I wish I could do something. I know. I can, I can feel inside of me I know. that he has a very big heart. He, and yes. He's a very great man. Yes. His life turned out shit. Yes. And he's just there in, in that state that I have, I have been on his path mm-hmm. and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, that's just emotions talking right now. Yeah, no, it's, it it brings out emotions in everyone, his story. I mean, you know, I share them with him when I get them, but I get comments from emails and stuff from listeners from all over the world that are different men, women, old, young, everything. And a lot of people say they can relate to Frail. And uh, he also, um, you know, and they, they want to talk to him. They want to send him things. And like, he's also someone who is so kind of like socially connected. Like he, um, there is this, you know, incel tears was recently nuked. I think that that yeah. site beca- it became really just a bullying, teasing, oh, pointless. Ho- yeah. Ho- discriminating. Yes. It was awful. Um, and, but he was, you know, still friends with like some of the moderators there. And then, you know, he's kind of like connected to everyone and with incel exit. He just, he has a very easy time relating to people. And yeah, he he has a big heart. Yeah. This, this world abused his beautiful soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, And people have a hard time believing that, you know, he's so alone because he seems like so social and so lovable. You know, funny thing about him, when I talked with him, when I met him on the server, I thought that he looked, um, do you know uh, Stormzy or Romelu Lukaku? Yep. They both, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that because of his voice, he looked He looked like Stormzy, even yeah. he was a big black man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually white, but that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like he'd be like 10 feet tall, too. His voice is so deep. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's true. Um, and yeah, it's very, you know, his story moves a lot of people. Um, but so, you know, you said, uh, something by luck that you managed to, you know, get back in touch with your parents and things and by God, but that's not just luck. Um, that's also something in you, you know, and I think that that's an important thing. I, I know that the, the mission of Incel Exit, which I think is beautiful. I mean, I think that the people that run it are great. I love how they're non-judgmental at all. And they, they don't, you know, they're, they're doing it the right way. They're actually just having discussions about things and they're open. But the mission of it is kind of to offer an alternative viewpoint to the, the extreme well, black pill. Well, the way that my, um, when I look at it with a political mindset and with a, and when I look at it, when I try to look at it from above, it feels more like what, what you are doing, Nana. Mm-hmm. It's, um, they are not 
trying to persuade or convince people. They are just mostly trying to uh, make a conversation, but an yeah. honest conversation. Yeah. No discriminating, no blaming, yeah. no pushing of realities and viewpoints. They're just setting the ground for honest and open conversation. Yeah. And then in the end, everyone learns and everyone grows as people, as a community. Yes. Incel uh, exit, whether you're an incel or an ex-incel or just I don't know, fuckboy, whatever, mm-hmm. a prostitute. You mm-hmm. would find solace there because mm. it's it 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 builds character by uh, keeping it real, by yeah. keeping it humane, by keeping it by keeping it civilized. Yes, yeah. And the thing there is that oh, honey, emotions, boom. Yeah, it's a really kind of special community and you know one Certainly. of the things that i it was something uh, please please finish I'm oh so, I'm, uh, sorry no no what were you gonna say i'll return to it yeah i was just about to say this is like one of very i've only found one other place on the internet like this that is a, a whatsapp group chat made by nine gaggers uh, that is was a very amazing good Hard to place on the internet. And Inselection is another one. Yeah. Because Reddit in general, it looks, on the surface, it looks like a very positive space. But then you look at how Reddit is run and by what is censored and by oh, what is pushed yeah. down people's throats. Yes. Reddit, Re- Reddit is, is not a positive space. No. It's extremely hive mind mentality. Um, any subreddit you go on, whatever the discussion topic is, it devolves into groupthink. And if you say in a a slightly unpopular or not politically correct opinion, then the swarms will kind of come at you. So it's not really a great model for neutrality or objectivity, but one of the things that I think is really uh, special about Intel Exit is that another field that I kind of am interested in and look at is just, you know, extremist groups in general, like fringe groups, countercultures, whatever they are. Um, and the, you know, a lot of people have a really hard time discussing these topics or they get very offended. There's a tendency to be polarized and to really demonize people that think differently and sometimes their thoughts really are you know they have horrible outlooks on things but they're still human and there's a reason they got that way um and so the only way to kind of resolve those things is to be able to to talk to them non-judgmentally um and i think that the people at incel exit really understand that and it's really cool that they're doing it certainly like when you said extremism, I want to touch on one thing in particular. It's going to be a little bit political, which I don't like. Um, I think that it has some value to give a comparison. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have, you have these shit stains that call themselves ISIS. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord forgive me. Insulting <laughs> again. But you have these people that call themselves ISIS. They're supposedly an Islamic state, but uh, when I studied uh, in Turkey, my high school, I studied an Isla- in an Islamic high school. Mm-hmm. So I know basic Islamic law. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really bad at it, but I could tell uh, a fake Islamic star, like a terrorist group apart from an Islamic Yes. Um, so when I look at ISIS, you know, they burned journalists. They cut people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Those are... The uh, Muslims counteract and say that's not real Islam. No, 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 no. That is not Islam at all. Yeah, it's not not fake Islam. It is not even Islam. Mm-hmm. Islam is a centralized religion. What that means is there's one book. Yes, one His Highness the Prophet may the Lord have may the Lord give harmony on him. And there are only and there is only but there are technically only four ways to interpret Islamic law. Mm-hmm. Four ways in practice, because in, in essence, the constitution is the same thing. Op- and never, ever, nowhere in Islamic law, it states that there is no punishment such as... Mm-hmm. The only instance that that could even be plausible, be there is an 
there is a law that says, so it's, it's a civil law. So for example, uh, if you inflict harm on another person, you know, the eye for an eye. Yeah. So, um, as for, for example, I hypothetically beat you, Namakates, up with a stick. Mm. Then, uh, then you would sue me, the court would come right. together, I would be... It's a legal guilty. process, yes. Yeah. A legal process, which I didn't see in ISIS. Mm-hmm. I did, never saw exactly. Court, I never saw a court building in yes. any in any medium. Right, exactly. So, that's uh, that's what I understand after, about after, it too. That those laws are actually subject to legal process, due process. That the victim, certainly. the family, actually has to insist that they get this punishment, and most of the time certainly. they forgive. And yeah, and then even after the court gives guilty punishment, you cannot touch me. There mm. are officers, physical officers, that have to deal out the punishment. Yep. Or like uh, a, a, a single woman, uh, I saw it in one of their propaganda videos, uh-huh. a single woman got stoned to death because of premarital sex. That is so wrong, because in Islamic law, uh, the punishment is a hundred whiplashes. And when people think of whiplashes, automatically they think of how black slave masters would whip uh, their black uh, subject. Yeah. No. In Islamic law, there is a very specific protocol. Whipping somebody, the officer whipping him can only move his wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Messes up. Hit up. That is going to have a hard time keeping his job. In In the last Islamic state, the Ottoman state, the officers would put a pillow under their... Uh, under their shoulders, so they could not move their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, but then I told of two uh, uh, two laws and their executions in court. But why is this? This is because if you want to understand somebody, you have you have if you want to understand someone that is very foreign to you, you have two options. One is learning reality, but reality. As objective as rea- as reality is, single occurrences are very ob- objective. When I die, it is objective. But why I died can be very subjective because the correlation of objectivities is a subjective manner. Uh-huh. And so if you are not a very bright person, with a very strong, with a very strong sense of logic, you can, you are not most probably not going mm. to find out how reality works. Right. So then you have a second option, which is if you cannot do it the objective way, go from the subjective way. With a good faith and a and a faithful character, go into conversation, mm. which a lot of people don't even want to do. Can't do, yeah. So I think you've explained why inceldom is prevalent in uh, Muslim immigrants in yes, uh, Western Europe. First generation or second generation or whatever, um, yeah. that have kind of a dichotomy between the more traditional home and their society around them. But do you think that it's the same, it's sort of the same phenomenon with native Westerners from Europe or North America? Just white people. Yeah. That I understand. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, do you think that it's the same cultural influences and the difficulty yeah. living up to that? Well, so this is going to be very subjective. And this mm-hmm. is right now what I'm about to say is my own view of the world. So um, after, quote unquote, God died according to Nietzsche, people had to substitute God for God's morals, the Bibles, the Christianities, the church's morals mm-hmm. with that with other morals to keep society in right. So what they did first, they just copied those over, but then as a society, they started to experiment. Mm-hmm. Alcohol became very mainstream. You could be drunk on the street. Premarital sex was okay. And then in the end, that devolved into where we are today. Now, when I say Westerners, I, uh, Westerners are not one. No, of course people. not. You have yeah. Germans, English, right. even in America, you got... You, you have, you, you have Florida man, you yes. have somebody from DC, you have New Yorkers, <laughs> even between New Yorkers, you have Manhattan, you yep. have Brooklyn, you have, uh, you, you, you have Staten Island. Mm-hmm. 
these are very diverse people. Yes. With a lot of subcultures. So what I believe for Westerners to be is that so when you do not have inherent morals or something external that you cannot edit, mm-hmm. morals will be made within you. But who makes those morals? So yeah. this is going to, this is my personal philosophy. My personal philosophy is so when you when society loses inherent morality, then objective nature will take over and objective nature is biological nature. Mm-hmm. So biology is very, very dirty. Yeah. Um People think, oh, it's natural. Nature uh-huh. isn't always good. Some animals eat their children, uh-huh. eat their offspring. Right. Some animals rape their offspring. Jesus, Lord. Right. I personally believe that, of course, man was created. Mm-hmm. But then I, I believe that the Lord, I cannot be sure. So I do not believe it. But, uh, I believe that it is a possibility that we, that the Lord made ever, that the Lord made some animals evolve to a human shape and then sent uh, His Highness Adam, Father Adam's soul and Father Eve's soul, uh, Mother Eve's soul onto this plane. Yes. So that is that is prob- that is, so it is possible because the Homo Neanderthalis is extinct. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, absolutely. This a possibility. So. So, but the nature is still encoded into our DNA. Mm-hmm. So when you keep people out of society, they, they just become your stereotypical caveman. Yeah. They are, do not interact with society as in all of their lives in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. They revert to their primal nature. Yeah, they, I agree. They revert to yeah. the animalistic nature. Mm-hmm. So, but humans, I believe God made us in such a way that if you put humans together, you will always end up with a society. Mm-hmm. But if that society is based on nature, it's not always going to be picture perfect, and it's not going to be always going to be uh, 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 justly balanced. So right. uh, I believe that if you are a Western incel, uh, and it, it is over for you in the sense that the, that the environment you live in is very predetermined. Yeah. In, in regards to finding love. Yeah. But never give up fighting because a battle not fought is worse than a loss. Because I fought with my identity mm. and luckily I still have an identity has a, an answer and solutions to this problem. If you're a Western lad, it might not exactly work out for you and then you have to you have to fight you have to find answers you you will find a lot of answers that will fit within you but not interact correctly with the world but please do not give up fighting do not give up fighting yeah. you, will, you will eventually find an answer even when it's very very late you will have something in the end maybe you'll not find love but you at least do you have any thoughts personally about the effect of you know, the, the black pill being available online and the forums and the awareness of inceldom. Do you think that that, do you feel either negatively or positively about how that affects young men struggling with this now? Well, I still cannot make, uh, I still do not have any ideas of a reason for the black pill. So I don't know why people get into the black pill. It's it's very on a case to case basis. Even uh, incels themselves are not uh, one line. Oh, not at I, all. Yeah, it's it, it's a spectrum. Completely. A, yeah, a, an ethno cell has uh, has different experiences than a white. Mm-hmm. Canadians have different experiences than Americans or Germans. Mm-hmm. What I believe is that so when the when the incel community first was around. It was still forming, and I think that it has substantially formed to such an extent that it is at least consistent. I've never, I've, I've never looked this substantially at the forums, but I did a lot on Reddit. So, it, in the, uh, it's not uh, women this, women that, men this, men that, chat shit. But yeah, it's not that anymore. It has. It, I see a lot more philosophical and sociological debates. Mm-hmm. So, I think that. 
and I've even seen a few factions form within the community about the ideas. Yep. So I think that uh, the incentive is evolving, and mm-hmm. uh, what I believe about it is that this evolution, forward progress, shows us that it is good that these men have a have spaces to to interact with 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 the reflection struggles the incentive provides a ground for these men to uh, improve their characters and their and their senses and their philosophies because uh, people on the outside it's it, if you just look at the words without the context it might seem like a sexist a suicide cult but <laughs> it is not it, it's 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 a place where people come with the pain mm-hmm. and and then the pain is like it's like molten steel and then within there they they hit it they 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 smite it with that and in the end they try to make tools or weapons from there your heart is molten steel and then you look around for a hammer and and, and the mold which might help you get things in order to have you to get your heart into a, into a good shape and i believe that the incelosphere is has 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 some good molds and some and some and some helpful hammers to 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 make some good tools and swords for the shape of 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 those people's hearts and that i i don't i cannot think of a majority going to be all right or a majority to be good attempt but I can say that it will improve their character, uh-huh. and that it, it maybe in future generation, the incelosphere will have a good effect. So might might become something good. Yeah. Do you have any uh, hopes for yourself on a personal level, like are, in terms of your life? You're only 21, but I mean, are you thinking about doing having an arranged marriage or something at some point? Or I mean, do you... I think I believe arranged. The most just way for man to 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 develop his love and his family. So I believe uh, I I'm just going to develop my into a character. I'll see how that goes. You can never know. Maybe I'll be a drug addict. Maybe I'll be an <laughs> artist. Maybe I'll just be the best shit poster ever. <laughs> but I'm just going to develop my character and just go uh, and just challenge my triggers and. Uh, in the end, my goal is certainly to get uh, an, uh, to 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 get matched in an arranged marriage and uh, to be uh, justly involved in 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 the development of the character of my future of my possible future children. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh. Oh. Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> well, you express them beautifully. Um, and thank you too. I mean, also for just sharing your story and your insights and giving such great advice that I think is really important for people to hear. My pleasure. What did I tell you about his introspection and inspiration? Pretty good, huh? Thanks again for listening. Stay strong and see you all again next time on Incel. If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of hopelessness, please reach out to one of the links provided in the show description.